Okay, there's a couple more things. I was talking about these uh, dark... What do they call it? Dark something. Dark code? Darkwing duck? Uh, what, what What was that term you taught us, Sean? Sea lion? Sea lion. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I gave my reference material to Jack. Dark Truck. pattern. There it is. And this is the way they, uh, they, they get you to buy stuff. It's the whole... Only four of these items left on a lot of websites. That doesn't mean anything at all. It's not. It's divorced from reality. Mm. It's just to get you to think, oh, they're about out. Dang or, it. or Sally just bought this dress. Oh, it's very popular, and I don't know how many they've got. Sally so. always buys the cool stuff. She's yeah. a hottie. Yeah. Sally yeah. gets any man she wants. I can't believe the internet <laughs> would lie to me. Mm. <laughs> that's that's the funniest thing anybody said all day long. <laughs> <laughs> but here's a couple more that I thought were, were good. I've done this before. Oh, we mentioned the whole, it'll say, would you like to sign up to get emails and get a discount? Or the other button is, no, thanks, I like paying full price. <laughs> Screw you in the whole, like, oh, yeah. I, I hate that. There's uh, some of the news outlets I'll go to will say, do you want our daily newsletter? Uh, the no is no, I'd like to be uninformed. <laughs> I've seen that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, I have come across this recently. <laughs> they ought to just up the ante. No, I want to be a stupid effing idiot. <laughs> Go ahead. I've seen this recently on sites where the button to opt out of marketing emails is grayed out, mm-hmm. creating the illusion that the option is unavailable or disabled, even though you can click on it. I did one of these just yesterday. Or, or it's like in the, it's it's almost the same color as the background. Right. So you can't even hardly tell it's there. Sure. What is that even going on there? And then the other one that I also love is retailers who introduce double negatives to confuse you, like uncheck the box if you prefer not to receive up, up email updates. What? I bet I've done that several times, which is why I still get emails, even though I've I think I've unsubscribed. Uncheck the box if you prefer not to receive email updates, and it's already checked automatically. Yeah, that's you. I hate you so much. I mentioned this yesterday. There's an article in The Atlantic. Oh, speaking of pressing the buttons, did you hear about this perv doll that they were selling? This story is beyond the pale. The big retailers. Big retail. This doll, you... mm. It... mm. I'm trying to decide exactly how to describe this. Is this child related? Yes. No, that ain't cool. No, it's not. It's obviously from the Jeffrey a dial Epstein collection. That's that's designed to be a child, and you make it make noises by essentially caressing its genitals. No. Yes. No. 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 Yes. 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 No. 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 It's horrible. What do you mean, big rate retailers like Walmart and Target? Yes. Or we get any specifics in this story at all? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We gotta here's, stay tuned. Here's story. <laughs> It's no completely clear of any nouns. <laughs> you know, you're laughing now. You'll be laughing out of the other side of your ugly mouth when I bring you this story. You're probably in on the perversion. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, I like that. So I mentioned this yesterday. I'll bring it to you next segment. I, I'm <laughs> telling you, you're, you're going to think it's made up, but it's not. It's in the Atlantic. A New York-based intensive care nurse, her name is uh, Krista McConnell, her husband is a teacher, and she wrote in the Atlantic, she implored implored American educators to come back to work. She makes it clear that she supports teacher-led campaigns to make sure that safety measures are in place. 
but that she's against preemptive safety strikes like the one being threatened by the American Federation of Teachers. I can understand that teachers are nervous about returning to school, but they should take a cue from their fellow essential workers and do their job. Even people who think there's a fundamental difference between a nurse and a teacher in a pandemic must realize there isn't one between a grocery store worker and a teacher. And that's the one I've been harping on for the last week or so. How did we decide that a Home Depot employee has to go to work? You work at a grocery store? Sorry, you got to go to work. You teach kids, which is one of the most important things going on in the country ever? Nah, you don't have to. Why? Too hazardous. Grocery stores? Some The, the bagel shop? The donut shop? Those places are them. No. Anyway, um, fitting with that, I was asking, well, what are, what are they actually doing? Because I don't know the answer to this. At, I didn't know the answer to this. At Home Depot, what are they doing if an employee says, I don't, I don't want to go to work. There's COVID everywhere. What the heck? Do you, at the grocery store, do you tell them, well, you got to. It's your job. Be there at 9 on Saturday morning when we open, like you always are. Mm-hmm. Or can you say no? I don't even know. Well, somebody who knows the law on all this sort of stuff sent the very complicated legal jargon, which I'll, I'll hit you with just a little bit of it. And it gets to the negotiations. There's Mitch McConnell up on the TV right now. The negotiations they've got going on right now, a big part of it is the who's going to be on the hook or off the hook for what. Because they believe there's going to be a second wave of legal actions after the first wave of coronavirus. No good. With people suing schools and businesses and everything else because, well, I had to go to work and I got COVID and now they owe me this much money because I can't breathe right for the rest of my life right? or, or whatever yeah. happens to you. Oh, boy. Generally, employees do not have a right. This is from a lawyer. Generally, employees do not have a right to refuse to work based on a generalized fear of becoming ill if their fear is not based on objective evidence of possible exposure. However, with the continued threat of COVID-19, along with the extension of public health measures to control the spread of the virus by many states and localities, it may be difficult to show that employees have no reason to fear to come into work. Caution should be used in disciplining or terminating an employee who refuses to work in a location that has shelter-in-place rules in effect, which is a lot of places. Mm -hmm. However, this does not mean that an employer must continue to pay an employee who refuses to come into work. Um, An employer may require an employee who refuses to return to work to use any available uh, way to work, you know, know, over computer or whatever. Um, If an employee is in a high-risk category, however, and indicates that he or she is unable to report to work, The employer should go through the process to evaluate the request under the Disabilities Act to consider whether or not leave could be granted or whether or not you'd have to pay. This goes on for 19 pages. If you're a, you run a bagel store, you can be open because you're essential. Mm -hmm. And you tell your employees, we're open, we're going to be, and they say, I don't want to come to work. You got 19 pages of legal advice on what you can and can't do. Wow. You got to try to figure out. And the ground rules have not been laid out by Congress yet. As to who can or can't sue. I mean, it could be a lawsuit that would ruin you, obviously. Well, sure, if you're a small business. If somebody got uh, you know sick and had any of the lingering effects that a lot of people get. Oh, yeah, that could be an enormous settlement. You'd now, be granted, done. You're, you're probably insured for that sort of thing, but your insurance company would drop you and you couldn't get another one. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? I'm surprised uh, this, ah, has this is too scary. Oh, I'm you're surprised, scaring me. But I'm surprised this hasn't been worked out already. Well, the Democrats are hardcore against any sort of indemnification of employers. I, I don't. You can't go forward without that uh, assurance. What's interesting to me is that nobody has any interest in looking back at history. 
figuring out how we dealt with these things in the past, what maybe we could have done a little differently or what have you. The idea of you sue a company because you got the Spanish flu or the Hong Kong flu or something like that. I had to go to work and I got the flu and now I'm sick. So I'm suing IBM, you know, in 1968. It's laughable. Yeah, Never would have happened. Absolutely. I still, if you know on the text line or if you have a good argument for why teachers should be significantly different than hardware store workers or people at the ice cream shop or whatever else, they have to go into work. Mm-hmm. In some places, not very big rooms. You know, the, the gal who wrote us an email suggesting that people disenroll their kids, um, she pointed out that it, it's quite easy to do and then to re-enroll them in school. And so she suggests a mass of parents disenrolling their kids in school um, to deny the funding to the schools until they open again. The minute they open, you re-enroll your kid. Um, that'd be some activism. It's incredible, it's shameful, and it's sad it's come to this. Well, the stakes are this high, and it's going this poorly. It seems like a perfect reaction. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. Well, speaking to the kids, despite the lack of nouns in my describing this story, which I have finally laid my hands on, an incredibly troubling Pervo-style Hasbro doll has been pulled from major retailers quietly after a certain couple of facts were brought to uh, their attention. I wouldn't believe it if I hadn't seen it myself. Okay. Uh, The troubling, troubling story. Did you buy your kid one of these? You're going to want to throw it out. It's coming up next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> this is maybe the oddest question anybody's just asked me in passing. I'm walking through the hall. Coworker just out of nowhere. They're having a conversation, clearly. It was one of those deals where you can tell you're being used as like a uh, somebody in a poll. You ever had that happen? You are the uh, you are an outside observer. You you don't have any stakes in this current conversation. Right. They're looking for a third opinion. Yeah, 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 and they just yeah, and and so they hit me with a, "Do you like Long John Silvers? <laughs> Do you eat there?" <laughs> wow, that's a random out, out of nowhere. I said, "Yeah, actually, I see he does like." I said, "You know, be honest though. I think it's been at least thirty years since I've been to one." <laughs> 30 years. He said, my point made. Who's keeping this place open? How does this still exist? Do you know anyone who eats at Long John Silver's? Yet they still exist. <laughs> I, 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 it's got to be 20 years for me. I really liked it the last, t- last time I ate there, but oh, it was... I've never been. so You've never been. fried olicious. I mean, it honestly the could be are fried. The, <laughs> it I mean, honestly the, the, the could be The napkins are fried. Well, I like that sort of thing. I just... Oh, it's so bad. Early 90s, maybe. <laughs> but it's been a while. Yeah. yeah, boy, when Judy and I were young and poor, regular stop. Oh, yeah. But then I brought the, the Kmart down on that road over there. Remember that was there? I think they finally went out of business. But for yeah. years, we used to say, have you ever seen a car in the parking lot? <laughs> Yet they're open. Oh, they're clearly Megan Math or breeding <laughs> pandas or something in the back. It's a cover for something. 
like that Vietnamese restaurant oh, yeah. in Charlotte we used to go to. Yeah. We'd it, walk in there every single time. Lunchtime. Lunch, oh, yeah. It's noon. Place is completely empty. <laughs> we we come through the door, the little bell rings. Ding, 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 ding. Guy comes out of the back looking startled like, what? What do you want? <laughs> well, we'd like to, uh, to, eat, to, to, to eat lunch. Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Hey, are there any menus back there? <laughs> yeah, they're doing something nefarious. Uh, so uh, I became aware of this story um, through uh, Sam Parker ran from the Senate, ran for the Senate. You should run from the Senate. I uh, ran for the Senate in, I can't remember, Utah or something like that. But he points out that the doll in question, it's a Trolls World Tour doll. Okay, I've seen that movie. It's three um, times. It, it's it's dress and its coloring are reminiscent of the trans flag and the minor attracted person flag. Now, I don't know what the I, minor I, attracted flag is. What does that I, mean? It's worth mentioning, and I only bring it up because I'm, the coloring of the thing I find a bit of a thin piece of evidence. But they are trying; they are trying to mainstream the term minor attracted person. They're trying to mainstream pedophilia. Oh. Those who would ha- have oh, okay. everything go sexually, sexuality-wise, <clears throat> um, that crowd is trying to normalize. Uh, no. Man, no. boy, love, no. and, and yeah. No. Minor, attracted person. They no. have their own flag. No. So, no. anyway, he pointed that out. But uh, I've, I've got the audio here, Michael, if you could play that, because I want to do more than that little clip you got. Uh, so, here's the, the lady. First, she talks about how um, there are people who are trying to sexualize children, and there's a fair amount of human trafficking going on these days, which is a polite term for some reason for sex slavery. But then she describes the, uh, the doll. It was my daughter's birthday a couple days ago, and she turned two, and she was given this gift. It's like a little poppy doll. It's adorable. And here's the box. So she had a poppy birthday, and so they they gave her this. It's just from the new movie, The Trolls World Tour. On the box, it says giggle and sing poppy. On the back, it says that if you push her tummy right here, Sorry, it's glaring. If you push her tummy right here, she makes 10 phrases and sounds. And that's all it talks about. And it comes with a little comb. So, I mean, she does all that. You touch her tummy and she makes little singing sounds and she's super cute. Mm -hmm. Well, I was showing her to my husband and I heard some other sounds that I had never heard before. And if you look down here, I figured... Now, she's putting the doll on its back and lifting up the doll's legs, okay? The video was the best way. So I just touched her tummy, and she's going to sing for a minute. But down here is a button right here on her privates. And if you push those, she makes these sounds. Like a gasping sound. And I know some of you may not, like, think this is a big deal, but especially since I've had kids, like, this is wrong. For one, this button, it says nothing about this button on the box. Nothing. Weird. Right, so... And that's a strange place to put a button on a doll. The button is absolutely where the sex parts of a woman are. There's no description of it on any of the packaging. Weird. And when you press it, it goes, oh, eee. No. But, yeah. Well, but the the company... Walmart 
removed the product listing from the doll sometime uh, yesterday after people began tweeting about but, it. But, but didn't a giant company make the doll? I mean, you'd, you'd have to have the approval. Hasbro. You need to have to have the approval of the, the movie. Uh, they'd have to work together on the whole thing. Yeah, obviously. I'm not sure how specific they get on the various uh, aspects of how the thing functions. They might. I don't know. But who would be behind uh, trying to normalize child sex and sneaking that into a doll? Yeah, it's it's bizarre. Like, did the Hasbro people get fooled? Or why would there be a button there on a doll? I, I can't imagine why. And the, the hair of the doll is the exact colors of the so-called minor attracted person flag. This is sick and weird, but it's so weird, I can't even imagine what's going on. Yeah, that's... Uh... I doubt the executives at Hasbro are trying no, to... No, I mean, there's no, just... No, not a chance. No. Even if they were, they'd know you couldn't get this to fly. But I'm sure they're not anyway. Yeah. Yeah. If you follow us on Twitter, I retweeted this yesterday. You can find us. Well, if you can't find Armstrong and Getty on Twitter, you don't have a Twitter account. Um, so it's a it's a head scratcher, though. So we like talking to Lon. I want to he... caress doll's genitals oh, to make no, them that's, coo. That's good weird. gracious. We like talking to Lon He Chen. He's worked on big time presidential campaigns. He knows a lot about politics. And we're going to talk to him coming up in a, in a little bit about well, we'll play the Biden-China response. Have you heard that one? He was asked about his China policy, Joe Biden, yesterday. And we'll play that for you coming up and uh, discuss that a little bit. Here's a hint. I've heard it four times. I still have no idea what his China policy is. Yeah, the words are in an interesting order. Mm. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The way Trump, the way China will respond is when we gather the rest of the world that in fact invades in in, free, in, in in open trade and making sure that we're in a position that the world, uh, that, that we deal with WHO the right way. That, that, in fact, that's when things begin to change. That's when China. That's when uh, China's behavior is going to change. Well, that was quite a... Uh, uh, pardon me. Not uh, good. That was quite a jumble of words, especially there at the beginning. Oof. Wan He Chen, David and Diane Steffi Fellow in American Public Policy Studies at the Hoover Institution, joins us now. Wan He, how are you? Uh, I'm fine. I'm still trying to decipher that answer like you guys are. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually starting to get to the point where I feel bad pointing it out. Um, I I think he is a nice old fella who's really seeing some cognitive decline. Yeah. Well, look. I mean, he. It's hard, right? Because you're you're asking uh, someone who really probably. Uh, never expected to have to be doing this at this point in their life, you know, and, and, and in some ways he's doing something. I, I'm sure he perceives it as a service, but in, in a lot of ways, maybe it's actually a disservice to his party and in some ways to the country because, you know, and, and this may be why he doesn't want to debate. This may be why people are trying to say, look, sure. you know, maybe Biden should do the debates. Well, some some of politics is obviously trying to read the way the media is going to perceive things and how they're going to factor into it. And is is there going to be pressure from mainstream media at any point for him to show himself to be mentally capable of being president or not with the current hatred of Uh, Trump? 
I mean, I think they've really treated him with kid gloves, and sure. I don't expect that to change okay. because of the degree because of the degree to which there is this disdain for Trump. And I and, and I think it's it, you know in some cases it really has gone over the top. I mean, it's one thing to be critical of the president, and, and by the way, that interview he did with Jonathan Swan was was not not great either for different reasons. Right. Uh, but but I but but I don't think you know I think there are few journalists who will who will hold him accountable, but the vast majority will not. So to uh, change topics a bit, because we have plenty of time to talk about the presidential race and plenty of gaffes to report, a uh, record low number of people identified as Republicans in a recent poll, I think it was 39%. Or, or, and, um, and, and as we watch the negotiations on Capitol Hill over the next relief package, we're wondering, is there any constituency at all these days for fiscal responsibility, or is that deader than disco? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it has the same currency it did back in, let's say, 2010 at the height of the Tea Party movement when people really realized that we were headed in the wrong direction. Now, I think to a certain degree, even Republicans have normalized this amount of spending. I mean, you, you spend two trillion dollars to help the economy and other things recover and you don't even bat an eyelash. And And now we're in a position where you are having a few Republicans sound the alarm on the fact that, you know, going forward, we cannot continue to spend like this, but they're not, doesn't seem like they're really serious about doing something about it. You know, they'll, they'll say it, but no one's willing to stand up and say, for example, Hey, look, let's take this opportunity to figure out how we can fix like, I don't know, Medicare and social security, both of which have trust funds that'll, that, that'll run out of money in the next you know 10 years. So, I don't think there's a serious constituency for it anymore, and I think that's very sad. Well, then what's the heck to Republican? When I voted Republican in my life, it was because I was thinking, well, smaller government, lower taxes, you know, blah, blah, blah. What is a Republican then? It's a great question, and I think that's why in some ways, you know, whether Trump wins or loses, I mean, I think it'll be quicker if he if he loses in some ways. There is going to have to be this reckoning about what it means to be conservative, what it means to be Republican, because those definitions have gotten so jumbled over the last couple of years, in part because you've had too many Republicans who I don't think have been faithful enough to basic principles. They haven't been faithful enough to why am I a conservative? What am I doing here? If I really stand for freedom and for responsibility, what does that mean? And so I, I do think there's just going to be this big debate on the conservative side of the spectrum. It'll get delayed a few years if Trump wins. If he loses, though, you are going to see that battle break out right away, I think. You know, it's uh, there's a word we coined around here, Lonnie, years ago, horrifarious, when something's simultaneously horrifying <laughs> and hilarious. Um, and, and the fact that, I mean, picture your family, your business, your company, or whatever, having a financial disaster befall it, and there's never a single sentence uttered on the topic of what you're going to need to cut. Not a single moment devoted to what you're going to spend less on not where we should get we need to give up our gym membership obviously and cancel netflix and no nothing yeah not even a word devoted to that it just it seems to me that the the very concept of living within our means or even living with our in our means plus 20 percent it's just it, it's so dead nobody even bothers tipping their cap to it Boy, I mean, I, I think that's right. And it, it comes down to a few things. First of all, there isn't common sense, uh, right? Because common sense would suggest in your family budget, or as you say, in a, in a business budget, uh, you would look not just at what you're bringing in. If you're bringing in less, you would look at what you're spending, you know, not just your, your revenues, but your outflow. So that that's certainly true. A second thing I'll just say is that there has come this cottage industry 
most of most of whom most of these economists and other thinkers are on the left who have begun to say, look, it actually doesn't matter how much money we borrow. And in fact, the more money we borrow, the better, because, you know, interest rates are low. And why wouldn't you borrow more money when interest rates are low? It's the same attitude, by the way, that, that President Trump falls into sometime. He's called himself the king of debt, and he's not afraid at all to borrow more money. And I think that attitude and that mentality has really has really crept in with a lot of policymakers in Washington. And then the last thing I'll just say is there's no political courage anymore. There's no one willing to stand up and say exactly what you guys have said, which is why are we not taking a closer look at what we're spending? Why are we not taking a closer look at how we can try and 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 buckle down a little bit here? And yeah, let's give aid to the people who need it. But at the same time, let's figure out what are we doing wrong? What are we spending money on? We shouldn't be. And there's no courage for anybody to stand up and say that. And that's very frustrating to me that no one's willing to do that. God, I'd say it's the infantilization of the American voter. All they care about is what they're going to eat. Lon He Chen with the Hoover Institution online. So there are different strands of never Trumpers out there. People that call themselves Republicans, although I wonder sometimes that they get a lot of time on MSNBC and places like that. But some of them are arguing toward booting out Republican senators. Also, they feel like. Republicans who went along with Trump should be punished, um, and they should lose, too, even if it means Democrats taking back the Senate. That seems like craziness to me. What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, in my mind, that's the classic, you know, throw, throw, the, throw the baby out with the bathwater mentality. I mean, it's really not, uh, to, to me at least, you can be upset that people have uh, tried to work with Trump. You can be upset that uh, you know, they haven't stood up more to him. Uh, that, that's all fair. But the notion that you want to get rid of them out of revenge because, you, you know, you feel personally aggrieved, that, that to me is not the right mentality. You want to focus your attention on Trump, you focus your attention on Trump. This, to me, to a certain degree, has fallen into the same category as a lot of other things do in politics, which is sometimes people follow the money a little too closely. And there's a lot of money to be, and not that this is the sole rationale for it, but there's a lot of money to be made sometimes, not just in presidential races, but in other races as well. And so you develop this justification for it, when really at the end of the day, it's it's a it's a play to be involved in more races because some consultants are going to make some more money. Oh uh, boy, I really do think that's a dynamic. You're you're what you're. Problem. You're way too nice a guy to do this, but I'd love to hear the people that, you know, because uh, there have got to be name, name. some people who've, who work in campaigns, who have worked in campaigns that you know are just complete phonies that are on <laughs> TV every day with their crap. But I'm not going to make you or try to get you to say. Uh, hey, last question for me, Lonnie, and we can just spend a minute on it or whatever you're comfortable with. But uh, on a more positive note, are there any governors around the U.S.? Um, who you're impressed with, who you think are sharp, who are the next generation of leaders who are doing a good job during difficult times? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, in fact, uh, one of them I'm having a conversation with uh, next week, Larry Hogan, the governor of Maryland. Yep. Uh, on, on August 12th next week, I'm going to have a conversation with him uh, via the Hoover Institution. We, we've got this series where we're talking to policymakers. So he and I are going to talk about what he's done in Maryland. And I think he's a great example of somebody who, who's been just great. I mean, he's done a great job with response on coronavirus. Getting his recently. moment for standing up for the schools, too, which is, you know, such a hot yeah, topic. Which is which is terrific. I mean, there is this ridiculous county order in Montgomery County that would have kept all schools closed. And he said, look, if the school's able to come up with the right uh, protocols and they're able to keep kids safe and they're a private institution and want to do their own thing, they should be allowed to do so. So he actually circumvented 
that order and put out an order of his own. So I think Hogan's been a great leader. Another guy, Charlie Baker, governor of Massachusetts, you know, pretty moderate guy, but very reasonable. And I think he's done, he's done and he's doing a great job. Uh, Doug Ducey down in Arizona, even though some people, you know, there are periods of the coronavirus uh, uh, crisis that were problematic in Arizona. I think overall he's done a pretty good job of, of, of keeping things relatively steady. So, yeah, there's a lot of governors who I think are doing great and, and you know, I think deserve a lot of credit for for trying to get things done during a time when it's very hard to do so. Lonnie Chen, uh, David and Diane Steffi, fellow in American public policy. Yeah, so does him little Joe Biden act over here uh, at the Hoover <laughs> Institution. Sorry, I, I try to hurry, Lonnie, and I fumble. Uh, it's great to talk to you, though, as always. Uh, looking forward to the uh, next Hoover Institution stuff, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. Larry Hogan's very sharp, very impressive. He needs to drop 15 pounds and get in the tannin booth, though. I hate to say it. I don't want to be hurtful. But too heavy, too pale. Realities of politics. Yeah, he's, he's kind of a dumpy-looking guy. But he's very, very bright. He's excellent at working across the aisle. He's very reasonable. Well, he this, speaks the rarest language, and that's common sense. Well, and this school issue has put him on the map nationally, no yes. doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. Bullock. I love Bullock. Montana. Sharp. Yeah. Good man. We got miles to go before we ever get to any of that stuff. Yeah, no, I'm just trying to find a thread of hope around here somewhere. The old uh, T O H, right? Uh, thread of hope. Well, we're, we're <laughs> we got the uh, the Q O D on top of us, the quilt of despair. <laughs> I'm just trying to find the thread of hope. It's oh, got to be in here somewhere. I have to jam in. I should have done this several times today. The most amazing thing you'll hear today. Gallup poll on defunding the police. Oh, yes. Spin your head around. Yes, he's not kidding. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This motion is a basically is they're laying the groundwork for defunding the sheriff's department as we know it. Bottom line, that is their goal, and they're going to fund all of their uh, their ideas, their pet projects through the sheriff's department's budget. We take the lion's share of net county costs, and that's exactly what they're going for. With only one dissenting vote, county supervisors in L.A. County voted last night. To put on the ballot, cutting a half a billion dollars out of policing, defunding the police, and shuffling it off to various things. Um, Vaguely described jobs program, that sort of thing. Since the whole George Floyd thing, you've been hearing defunding the police, defunding the police all over the place, and it means different things to different people. But you would take from the media, at least, that there's a, a pretty big chunk of America that agrees with that. Well, it's not even close. Listen to this. Gallop out with a poll today. 81% 81% of black Americans, 81%, four out of five, would like policing in their neighborhood to stay the same or increase. Wow. Four out of five stay the same or increase. For black Americans. It's, in, in other words, why are we even talking about this? Wow. How did this even become a topic? A few loud activists and their media support. There's no constitu- There's no constituency for what you're talking about. Nope. That's astounding. Right, 80% left or of black Americans say either the same or more. It's, it's uh, not even an issue. I know. And that's Gallup. In political People. science worlds, this would be 
uh, this is not an issue. This is not something you bring up for discussion. It's too overwhelmingly one-sided. Right. That's just... Isn't that amazing? It's, It's troubling. It's frustrating. It makes me really, really unhappy that we have this mad rush towards something nobody supports except a tiny group of lunatic activists and their media enablers. And, mark my words, because this is always the case, I'm sure I'm true. If Where, there, wait, where's my Jack's word marker? If there, there it is. If there are, is a debate, and there probably wouldn't be, but if there is a debate and defunding the police comes up, it will be presented from the point of view as if the vast majority of Americans think that is a good idea. Right. The question will be asked from that point of view, like everything always is. It's presented all the time in the media as if most people want this. What's the reason for not doing it? Right. As opposed to the other way around. Nobody wants this. Why are you talking about it is the way you should talk to Nancy Pelosi, AOC, people on the street, everybody else. Right. Nobody really wants this. So why are you pushing it? I'm curious about were there uh, don't knows or or, uh, what was the percentage that said, yes, we need less policing? Uh, for black Americans specifically, 61% want it to remain the same in their neighborhood. Okay. 20% want it to increase. Only 19% say they'd like police uh, to, to lessen. Okay. Policing to lessen. Well, that, that seems to be uh, an indisputable and, and easy to interpret result. It's about right, according to black America. Mm-hmm. And then for Americans overall, it's about three-quarters of Americans think, yeah, I want policing to be the same or more. Right. Right. Wow. No, the I same. Just, for more, you get up more closer to like 85% for all of America if right. you throw everybody the Same or more. Yeah. 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 Well, that's just... But it's not, it's not an issue. It is a, it is a non-issue. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like we always talk about with defending the borders. You look at the Gallup polls on that. Um, uh, securing the border, it's like 90%. It's not even close. Yeah. I don't, know. I don't know. What I don't get is why there aren't more Republicans in both of these cases that can make that argument on a debate stage. I wonder if they've just perceived that they will be murdered in the media well, and, that's and on social weak. media, and they're afraid. Yeah. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Haunting. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap up the show. He presses the buttons in the control room, keeps us on the air. Michelangelo, final thought. Yeah, here's something lighthearted. Uh, my 71-year-old parents have discovered Hulu, and my mom says, limited commercials, and I don't have to watch it live. My dad tells me, Rockford files whenever I want. It's very cute. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Positive Sean is our producer. What's your final thought, Sean? Yeah, I very much understand that my typical work schedule is is very different from a lot of people, but I hope that some way the NBA can figure out how to make games happening before noon a regular thing. I love it. I love the midday NBA action. Uh, Jack, a final thought for the so folks? Why, why are they doing that? Because they have the, just the gym space, right? Is uh, that well, it? They have a lot of games in limited courts, so they need to get as many games per day as possible. Uh-huh. I don't think with time zones and everything like that, that seems like a good idea. It's like when I had to show up for hockey practice at 6 a.m. Because right. that's when we could get the, the rink. Uh, Jack, final thought? My or, final thought was asking, asking Sean a, a question. Uh, my <laughs> final thought is also sportsy by coincidence. Uh, Major League Baseball has a new set of rules out. Masks on all times when not playing. No talking and eating at the same time. No bars or restaurants. Don't even think about leaving the team hotel. No barbecues. No visiting with friends, etc. 
daunting new protocols that go into effect today. Did you say no talking and eating at the same time? That's correct. Was that just tossing in something my mom said? They just threw that in there because they had a list? I don't see your mom's name in this article, but it's possible she contributed. (laughs) Also, use a napkin. Don't wipe your hands on your pants. Please eat with your mouth shut. (laughs) Yeah. Talking uh, while eating is, uh, is really annoying. If you've ever been with somebody who, like, really does it a lot, just keeps talking the whole time they're shoveling food in. <laughs> How about the classic, do you like seafood? Nah. <laughs> yeah. Get that in my house about daily with two young boys. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. All our fabulous swag is there. Give it to yourselves. Give it to your friends. Uh, help pay the guys. Uh, you can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. All of the articles we reference, the books, etc. we have links. Or we're supposed to. The videos, the Pervo doll. Ooh, disturbing. Oh, yeah. Explain what's going on there. Follow us on the Twitter, would you? Huh? God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? That in fact invades in in, in, in in open trade. Armstrong and Getty.